TED Audio Collective. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. click, click, click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. So I would describe this moment in my career as purpose-driven and financially unsustainable. This is Amy from Nova Scotia. So I work for a charitable organization, which is awesome. Um, I like what we do. I like what we stand for. But the pay is terrible and the organization's financial setup is unsustainable. My actual goal in life is to be financially free. And I've been saying that since I was 15, so maybe I'll get there one day. I'm 37 now. (laughs) It's only 22 years in the making. Amy, first of all, congratulations on making half of your dreams come true, working for an organization that you believe in. And yeah, now it sounds like you're ready to pursue the other half. But that is a big conundrum that many people are facing. You know what you want to do, but you're not sure how it's going to get you paid. And for those of you who have figured out the work you want to do and who are getting paid, it is so tenuous and stressful, you feel like you might lose your minds. I don't ever want to let any work go back out the door because I'm afraid that it will lead to more loss of business if people think I'm not available. But I've just got more on my plate than I can handle. I've always felt like I could just get through on sheer willpower and perseverance. And I'm realizing that I need to actually take a step back and think a little bit more about strategy and planning. Strategy and planning, here we come. And I promise we're going to make it fun. (laughs) It's ZigZag, the business show about being human. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and you have made it to step four of the ZigZag Project, our experiment, our process to try and align our personal values with our professional ambitions. And up until now, we have stayed in the neutral zone, just kind of thinking and feeling and imagining with little limitations. But on this episode, we're going to get a bit more practical. We're going to consider what we're willing to sacrifice and what we would never give up, even for the money. Let's talk about the money for a minute. And I want to go back to what the ZigZag beta testers reported on the survey. They told me that money matters, but that income is just one consideration. 70% say the reason they want to make a professional change is not to make a ton more money. And the majority agreed that the goal also isn't to be well-known or famous for their work. The goal is to do something meaningful and wonderful. And you all have very different ideas about what constitutes wonderful. Provide alternative health care at an equitable and affordable rate. Teach people who struggle to find a voice to find one they can be comfortable with. Do absolutely everything I can to change our current environmentally destructive system. What a lovely group of people you are. Those things are truly wonderful. A world where we treat our fellow humans and the environment well. I want that too. But what are you going to have to put aside, at least for now, 
to get there. I'd like to share the story of what one person gave up, in addition to a big private sector paycheck. Yes, my name is Valerie Jarrett. Former President Obama's senior advisor was on the show in 2019, talking about her own zigs and zags. And part of figuring out her path was confronting her self-image, letting go of an idea that she had in her mind, one that had been cemented as a young girl. I grew up a very shy child and very sensitive. I had high expectations of people probably because I was surrounded by these incredible parents. And my mom used to always say, you expect too much from people, you're just going to get disappointed. And when I entered the public domain and moved from the law department to the mayor's office and then the Department of Planning and Development, I went into the path of lightning, as my grandmother used to say, and wasn't used to being attacked, let alone publicly attacked. I was never the person to put my hand up in class. I was afraid of being laughed at or mocked or say something stupid. And so I hadn't had a lot of experience really being in the path of lightning. And I remember the first time my local newspaper did an article that was critical of me. Valerie was crushed. She's working for the city of Chicago, making a lot less money, and she gets slammed publicly. Luckily, she had an amazing mentor who taught her that to do her job, she was going to have to give up having everyone think she was Little Miss Perfect. She was going to have to accept that some people wouldn't like her. I went into Mayor Daly and showed him the article. He said, do you see what they say about me every single day in the newspaper? Why are you in here? And he said, if you don't like what they said, go to the editorial board and defend yourself. Well, first of all, I was shocked. I didn't know I could do that. And second of all, it was so empowering to say, oh, I don't have to just take that. I can go in. I can defend myself. I can use my voice to stand up for myself. And what I learned over time is that you have to be able to absorb pain without it debilitating you and crushing your soul, but also without it making you numb because your job is to listen. I mean, that's kind of the first tenet of service is if you're serving someone, well, then you have to be able to listen to them so that you hear them. And I think that having gone to public meetings where people were screaming at me at the top of their lungs and worked hard to earn their trust and respect and seen over time that I did and became friends with them kind of gave me this resilience to say, Okay, they may start out really angry with me or very critical of me, but if they get to know me and if we actually open up and talk to one another, you can make progress. And so that helped me too. And then the final point I would make, and this applies to whether you're in the public or private sector or if you are just trying to have a relationship with somebody, and that is you do have to be open and communicate with people. You have to make yourself vulnerable, which means you're going to get some pain. And the question isn't, do you, is pain coming your way? The question is, what do you do with it? Because it will come your way. Because it will come your way. Life, if you live long enough, will have some pain. And I think surrounding yourself with good people who wish you well and who love you and who are open and honest with you and will tell you when you're wrong, too, is what has given me the resilience This whole notion of balance and can you have it all, I think those are outdated notions because there is no balance in life. (laughs) And no, you can't have it all if what you mean is I want everything I want when I want it all at the same time. And, And usually for women, doing it all ourselves. No, none of that works. And so I say the question is, 
Did you have a whole life? Mm -hmm. Did you have people around you when you were working 20 hours a day where one hour with them would give you enough um, nutrition to go back and fight again? And building those relationships is the most important thing we can do. I think it's very hard to be successful in your, either your personal or your professional life unless you are honest and open and vulnerable and willing to listen to people with whom you disagree. And part of what's wrong right now is that we are so entrenched in our own little echo chambers that we're not learning how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. And I think the theme, back to the point of the pain that I learned throughout my life is that these zigzags and uh, criticism and hard work and sacrifice all make you much more comfortable being uncomfortable. And then life becomes an adventure. Oof. This really resonates with me. And can I just give you my own small personal example? When I took over hosting the TED Radio Hour at NPR in 2020, Part of what the team and I wanted to do was tell more stories about people who have historically not had their stories told. And that, along with my <clears throat> female voice, didn't necessarily go over with a handful of longtime listeners. Not a lot of people, but if you read some of the reviews of the TED Radio Hour on Apple Podcasts, you will see some seriously unkind, even misogynistic comments. Yeah. But you know what? Like, tough shit for me. Those personal attacks do hurt like hell. But I need to accept that not everyone likes me. And I can't be cowed from making a show that I feel is a public service and is the right thing to do. As Valerie Jarrett says, leadership is about absorbing pain. Yes, I gave a lot of thought to that, so I'm glad it resonated with you. You know, it really did, Valerie, so thank you. And I know you meant it in the context of government and public service, but I think it applies to all of us here trying to change things in the world. We're going to have to lead ourselves there. And we are going to have to accept along the way that some things will hurt. And other things, we're just going to have to let them go. Okay, this episode's assignment and how we do that after a brief break. We're back. Among many things, Valerie and I had to give up the idea that people will agree with us or like us when we do our jobs. And that brings us to today's assignment, which has two parts. Okay, so first, we're going to nail it down. What are the things that you would never give up? As you figure out which way to zig or zag next, what are the core values that must travel with you? Get out a piece of paper or open another doc on your laptop and answer this question. What are my five tenets that I want my life to embody? The five values that my work must fulfill. Okay, I'm going to share mine with you. The work I do must, one, put a new creative spin on journalism. Two, 
inform and inspire others. Three, make it possible to compensate my colleagues fairly. Four, be produced with partners who have similar ethics and goals. And five, support my and my family's health. By sticking to those core values, I have turned down some serious amounts of money. And I recognize how privileged I am to be able to make those choices. If financial goals are a core value for you right now, put it down. This is a no-judgment zone. Once you've written down your core values, keep them at hand or even print them out so that you can easily refer to them. Because we're going to move on now to part two. And this, I think, is actually the harder part. You are going to have to apply your core values to the exercises that we did previously in previous episodes. So... Get out your list of weird ideas from last time. Look at your list of ideas, and then look at your core values list. Which of your ideas match your core values? Fulfill them. Circle that idea. Like, for example, if one of your ideas was to move to the country, but a core value of yours is to only use public transportation, then that idea does not get a circle around it. Okay? Got it? You can pause here if you need to. Okay, great. Now... Get out your vision from the second episode, your vision of what your life looks like in five years. Look again at your list of weird ideas and compare it to your vision. So which of your ideas, your weird ideas, get you closer to your vision? Which of them matched what you see in your mind? If you see yourself working from home, working on a project fighting climate change, and one of your weird ideas was to start a fake meat company, well, hmm, that is a good match. All right, circle that idea. All right, so hopefully there are now two circles around at least one or two of your ideas. One circle because an idea matched your core values. Another circle because the idea got you closer to your vision of your future. Write down the ideas that have those two circles around them on a separate piece of paper. This was a lot of instructions, so go back and listen again, or you can refer to the newsletter to keep it all straight. But just reiterate, again, the goal for today is that a couple of your weird ideas will have two circles around them because they match both your core values and they would help you reach your vision. It's a lot. But please, be systematic about it, because our zigzag beta testers said that it worked. Yeah, I like looking for the overlap between core values and vision. I think that's really interesting. My core values and my weird board actually lined up quite a bit. My brain's been working and uh, being a little bit more mindful about what I want. I feel validated. When I tried to visualize my life in five years, I knew exactly where I was, what I was doing, who I was doing it with, and I'm not willing to sacrifice what it takes to build my own business. My ideas are starting to crystallize a little bit more in terms of like those five tenets for you know what I want in, in the work. And just admitting to myself that it's okay to dream a little big and um, to have those weird ideas and to see if they align with what I truly want. I hadn't done that before, so this is a really nice exercise in order to do that. Yeah, it really is interesting to see which ideas make it and which don't. And I think that's okay. It doesn't mean that those ideas were bad. It's just not their time. We should just put them on ice for now. 
And I should also say, when you're done with today's exercises, go give yourself a break, use a different part of your brain, make a milkshake, do a crossword puzzle, something. Or <laughs> leave me a message, because I would love to hear which one of your ideas have two circles around them. Please record a voice memo or just write me a note. Send it to zigzag at stableg.com. I am dying to know how it's going. You can also give me a quick update on Twitter, at Manoush Z and at ZigzagPod. And I hope that you're sharing this project with someone you know who could, could use a little bit of a boost. You can just send them the link to ZigzagPod.com. All right, on the next episode, step five, we are getting closer to the grand finale. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how this process came to be in the first place. See you in two weeks. Zigzag team is Dan DeZula, David Herman, and Lauren Reimer. Many thanks to them and all the TED folks at the TED Audio Collective for making this season happen. Zigzag is a member of the TED Audio Collective and comes from Stable Genius Productions. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and thank you so much for listening.